Today on The Daily Charge, AT&T has another streaming service, Nintendo fixes the Joy-Cons, the death of robocalls, and the finally fixed Galaxy Fold! Good morning and welcome to CNET's Daily Charge. It's Thursday, July 25th. I'm Maya Zaktar. And I'm Roger Chang. Let's take a look at today's headlines. Companies love introducing streaming services. AT&T loves it so much it will introduce a new service called AT&T TV in the third quarter of the year. AT&T already has three other services, DirecTV Now, Watch TV, and the upcoming HBO Max. Roger, what's up with all of these services? This is simply a case of AT&T trying to throw everything against the wall and seeing what sticks. Uh, as you noticed, noted already, that's three streaming services already. That's on top of DirecTV, the traditional satellite service, Uverse TV, the home, the traditional home cable service that they offer. So you're looking at six different options in, in a fairly short amount of time. Well, does it have anything to do with the fact that they're the pipe? So you have, to, you have to stream on their network anyway. Let's have as many streaming services from AT&T as possible. I think it's less about you know, having different options and more about figuring out what works. What configuration of services will really get people to actually sign up for these services? Because right now, it's been a struggle. Like the AT&T just reported earnings yesterday. They lost 778,000 premium video subscribers, like cable TV subscribers. And what's worse is and they lost 168,000 DirecTV Now subscribers. DirecTV Now is supposed to be their big growth engine, right? They're, they're kind of like streaming service. They're, they're kind of future service. And they, they had a huge amount of growth thanks to promotion and lost a whole ton of them now. Maybe one day let's come up and combine all of these streaming services into one and maybe pipe it in through a cable, like cable <laughs> TV. With a bundle? I don't know. Maybe. Next up, an internal Nintendo memo obtained by Vice says that Nintendo will fix Joy-Cons with the drifting problem for free. Joy-Cons have apparently suffered from what has been called Joy-Con drift. This is when the controller will not recenter itself. It's as if you're still pushing the stick in a direction. Nintendo would not require proof of purchase or warranty status. By the way, this is after a lawsuit was filed against Nintendo of America over the drifting. Roger, have you experienced any drifting in your Switch? So I just got my Switch back in May, so I think it's a little too soon to see if there are any issues. I haven't had any problems. Uh, I think this is the right thing to do if Nintendo does this. Keep in mind, this is still sort of based off of an internal memo. Mm -hmm. We don't know. Nintendo has not said anything publicly about this yet. But I do hope they do talk about this and address this issue. What do you think it would take for Nintendo to actually make an official statement about this? Because we've seen dozens of reports online, but that's only a small sample size of maybe of what's actually going on in a larger right. user base. I mean, I think the litigation is definitely a good start, like especially if that gets legs and the, the case becomes credible, uh, that could move Nintendo to, to get going on this a lot quicker. These are divided times in America, like dividing Joy-Cons. But if there's one thing that unites, it's robocalls. The U.S. House of Representatives passed a bill called Stopping Bad Robocalls Act by a vote of, get this, 429 to 3. The bill requires every call to be verified. Should the bill pass and become a law, carriers would have to verify the number shown on caller ID. Plus, the FCC would be able to take action against robocallers. Roger, what do you think about this bill? Uh, I love the name. It's like... Super creative. Super creative. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very straightforward. I, I like it. There's, they're not min they're mincing words here. Uh, no, it's a good step. It's a nice step in the right direction. But keep in mind, this, this robocall problem is epic, and it's not something that's just here in the U.S., right? These robocalls are coming from all over the world, places where it's a lot harder for these folks to, to clamp down on. So uh, I like what everyone's doing. They're, they're, they're saying all the right things. They're, they're giving the FCC more power to enforce the laws against robocallers. Uh, I imagine that it's not going to kill the robocall problem. 
Right, this is going to stop the bad robocalls. So the good ones are still going to come through. So well, let's say you've signed up for something. You should still be able to get those. So that's kind of the issue right now is like how do we craft laws that, that allow for those, those actual legit robocalls to go through without, you know, letting the bad ones go. But just, just a reminder, 47.8 billion robocalls went to Americans last year, and half of them were scammers. We need to find out who these three who voted against the act. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they're terrible people. Like, there must be something in there. Maybe there's like a kittens and puppies line. They're like, oh, I don't like this line. <laughs> Can't go ahead with that. And lastly, our main story today is that Samsung announced that the Galaxy Fold is coming in September to select markets. It, it was originally coming in April. The company has made some hardware changes to make sure the new version of the Fold can withstand those pesky things called human beings. Long story short, review units of the Galaxy Fold were breaking for a number of reasons. People were peeling off what they thought were screen protectors, but they weren't screen protectors. They were a key part of the display, leading to the big screen breaking. Others had debris fall into the display because of gaps in the build. Now, Samsung redesigned the Fold in a number of ways. Here are two. A protective top layer that extends beyond the bezel, which is supposed to make it apparent that it is an integral part of the display, and you're not supposed to peel it off. <laughs> and reinforcements to keep debris from working its way underneath the screen. Roger, do you think this is going to get people excited about the Fold, or have they already forgotten about it? You know, it's a really interesting question because it did emerge with a huge amount of hype. People were mm -hmm. really excited about this thing. It was sort of a breakthrough product. Um, then all the problems came. It's hard to see, it's hard to tell whether or not folks, you know, can go back to trusting Samsung again with this. I mean, it's, it, this isn't a huge problem. It's not like there was a whole, it was, it's not the Note 7. Mm -hmm. you know, there was no product recall. Um, but I think there was already kind of some question about how durable these foldable phones were going to be. And Samsung having these early problems didn't help the broader industry. I think folks, the industry still wants to push foldable phones as this next revolution in your smartphone. But I imagine there are going to be a lot of consumers, even folks with a lot of money, who are going to be second guessing whether or not this is something they really need. And we've got this huge, we've got a new cycle. This happened in February when they introduced the phone. It got, rec not recalled, it got uh, delayed in late April. Mm -hmm. It's now July. Yep. I don't know if people are even aware of this device anymore because it's not like they're advertising it. It's not like there's a lot of things other, other than our little tech bubble. Right. It's not something that the, I don't think the mainstream are paying attention to. The Galaxy Note's coming up, and if this thing's coming out, if the Fold's coming out in September, it's going to be going up against the iPhone and then the yep. Pixel and maybe even the, the Mate X worldwide around the same time. Do you think they're trying to, Samsung's trying to bury the, the Fold? I don't know if it's burying the fold. Keep in mind that the folks who are going to buy this phone are probably ones who are like watching the show or really into tech and understand and keep track of what's going on with the fold. Whether or not they're actually going to want to buy one is another question. But I think in terms of awareness, the, the folks who would buy this fold are extremely tech savvy, would know the difference between a fold and a Mate X, um, and will probably try to make a decision there. You bring up a good point with the Mate X, the Huawei phone being that other foldable device. Um, probably coming around the same time. And so, yeah, it's for, for folks who have a lot of disposable income who want the latest and greatest, all of a sudden it's, it's an interesting choice. Yeah, so even with all these redesigned elements for the Fold, Samsung said the price doesn't change at $1,980. What a bargain. I know, it's what a deal. Yeah. Like, I would wonder, do you think they're going to add any extra freebies to get people to go, yeah, you know, I will get this Fold even though there was some issues with the build quality. I mean, I suspect they'll have some sort of bundle, whether it's free headphones or free memory card. They've done that in the past with other Can't use a memory devices. card. There's, there's no micro SD right. card slot in this Sorry. one. Sorry. They can give you one, you just could chuck it. Bluetooth headphones, maybe. Maybe. They have bundled, but they have bundled extras before, so I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to do this as sort of a make good for all the folks who got burned the first time around with pre-orders. They didn't get burned, that was the Note 7. All right. That joke was too easy. Poor, poor choice of words. <laughs>
I apologize to everyone for that. Thank you again for joining us. Tag us online and let us know what you want to see on the show. For The Daily Charge, I'm Ayaz Akhtar. I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.